Hello once again, everybody. It is maintenance day, and we are we are in that weird, funny handful of days between the end of the NHL draft and the beginning of NHL free agency, which in any other year would probably be about a week or two. This time it's about three or four days. So, uh, so it, it, this this might be a short-lived podcast as far as information goes, but we're going to make sure it isn't because there's lots of stuff to talk about the draft and there's lots of stuff to go into about everything that went into that and everything surrounding it. And uh, let's welcome in our, our good pal, Lance Lasowski of the Buffalo News. Lance, hello. How was Montreal? Oh, uh, it was amazing. They need to have that event there every year. Uh, yes. I know that it added to it the fact that the Canadians had the first pick and Marty St. Louis just gave this like huge pump up speech to the entire crowd before they were on the clock, which, hey, you can get Marty to do that every year. I'm sure that'll get everybody going. But, Mm -hmm. you know, fun weekend. Good to be back in person. That's my favorite event to cover by a mile. I love the Mm -hmm. draft. So and it was a very, very interesting one on all fronts, including the Sabres. Yeah, I I'm a big fan of going to the draft because it's. It's like the writers, it's like the media convention almost. Like that's like the year-end party for for media. And even though everybody's doing work, I mean, presumably everybody's doing work anyways, <laughs> but um but like it, it's it's your chance to catch up with the people that either you missed during the year or you haven't seen all year, or in this case, haven't seen in three years. And yeah, I I was very prone to fits of jealousy <laughs> sitting around here watching at home and, and doing all that, which you know, hey, listen. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Maybe I'll get back there. But I agree with you. The draft should be in Montreal always because uh, I was there in 2009 as a fan, fan slash blogger slash whatever. I didn't have a, I didn't have a press pass. I was just there because it's Mont- Montreal. It was a, you know, a handful of hours away for me to drive. So, of course, I'm going. Um, and that was nuts. That, <laughs> that whole weekend was nuts because you had people communicating with each other, whether it was through like Twitter or texts or whatever. Saying like, "Hey, I'm hanging out here, and so and so and so and so and so and so are here. You got to come by and hang out. They're, you know, we're, we're slamming beers and talking to coaches and GMs. Like, cool, sounds great. And you know, us being yokel fans, they were just kind of like, "Yeah, we'll talk to you. That's great." Yeah, Your media, not- they would be like, "Get away from me. We're going to a new bar." If you're out on the town, you're seeing coaches, you're seeing general managers, you're seeing agents, everybody is in town. Seeing draft picks, you're seeing everyone's, yeah, and especially the, the, you know, the guys who work for te- coaches in particular, because coaches aren't there in an official, you know, they're there to right. be at the draft table, they're there to shake hands. The coaches, they're typically the ones who who hit it harder. I, I, I did not see Don <laughs> Granado out on the town, and I will not mention the coaches that I did see. <laughs> um, if one of the coaches that was out on town, uh, was out on town when I was there in 09. It's a treat and a half to be around him because he's just, he's the life of the party in every positive, positive way. Not like a negative, like, oh my God, this guy's a psycho kind of way at a party, but just just the ultimate fun dude to be around and he's just loving life and, and all that, which is, you know, listen, you're a coach in the NHL, you should. Like, I mean, everything's serious, but like draft days, you can kind of put your feet up. You know, ha- you know, slam some hot dogs at the draft, and then go out and slam some beers afterwards. Man, if you're and if you're Marty St. Louis, how much better do you have to feel after <laughs> that first round that they had? Not only do they got the, get their guy at number one in Slavkovsky, who's going to be in their lineup immediately and is going to be awesome next to Suzuki, but they get Kirby Doc, which I still don't understand why the Blackhawks did that deal. I and they get Philip <laughs> Philip Messer like later in the in the first round, who's just an awesome, like exciting Slovakian forward, who's just going to be a really good player i think down the line somebody i thought the sabers might target at 28 i know why the blackhawks got rid of kirby doc they're they're driving the tank right through chicago well yeah that's one of the things but if you're tanking that's fine 
But wouldn't it be smart to have a 21-year-old center to build around <laughs> like, in that tank? Like You would think. Put him on the first line. Like, you're still going to be terrible. It's okay. It's the it's the classic new GM thing, though. Like, new I GMs are not my guy. I don't need him. I don't want him. They use a first-rounder on a high school kid. Like, what a... Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago, either. It was, like, what, four years ago he got picked? Three, yeah, four years ago? Yeah, it was three. Yeah. He was, in the, he was the Dil- in the Dylan Cousins draft. Jeez. Really good, you know, as a rookie. And, again, like, so many guys had their impact, their development impacted by the pandemic. He had the wrist injury. I don't know. Just a stupid move. I, I don't understand that one. Yeah, I, I'm just waiting for the uh, eventual Taves and Kane trades to really start start gassing up the uh, the the Sherman tank in Chicago and they're getting ready for Bedard next season for next draft. Yeah, and those it's, guys are calling their shot. They're going to get traded to where they want to get traded to. Like, they, yeah. they have the no movement clause, so mm-hmm. Kyle Davidson's going to get fleeced in those deals, I would think. Yeah, and this is the part where half of our audience is saying is getting their Kane Sabres jerseys made up already with eighty eight on the back. <laughs> you know it's ha- you know people are begging for that to happen. I mean we're seeing it in our mentions, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, goes completely I, against what Kevin Adams wants to do. If yes. in a couple of years Patrick Kane's a free agent, still an elite player, wants to come back to Buffalo, it might make sense then. Does not make sense now with where the Sabres are at, and I'm sure Kane wants to go chase the Stanley Cup. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's a another. move that doesn't. Right. <laughs> yeah, another Stanley Cup. It's yeah, it's a move that doesn't make sense for now. If once the Sabers are a playoff team, then sure, why not? Get a little silly, bring them in for you know a couple mil, and tell them to not hang out every night at Imperial Pizza. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's basically all you ask of them. Just like man, just, just take it easy. Just you know, play some hockey. We know you're not going to play any defense. It's fine. Just score goals, set guys up. It's fine. Just. Don't go hog wild on the pizza and everything else in town. Please, just don't. Just don't. Please, Pat, please don't. Now, this draft conversation we, we're going to have, Joe, might come off a little clunky because, remember, the one the trade that Kevin Adams came very close to making almost mm. fetched them the number seven pick in the draft. Now, we'll get to the goalie talk after because I know there's a lot to digest and go over on that one. But let's just... Let's look at the hall um, that they got in this yeah. draft. It is ext- it's very very fascinating. What were your thoughts on Matthew Savoy at nine? That is always the player I thought made the most sense for the Sabers. And when Savoy mm-hmm. told reporters the day before the draft that he had been talking to <laughs> to Buffalo scouts throughout the season, eh, my antenna went up and I thought, yeah, he's there at nine. That's their guy. Yeah, this, them picking Savoy made me feel really good because it was like, what, maybe a month ago, I think we started talking. If we weren't talking about it on the pod, we were talking about it, you know, off air uh, about how, how the name I started really hearing that could slip to Buffalo. I mean, I, you know, again, slip um, was Savoy. I think that was meant to say he was going to slip to 16. Um, but uh, but Savoy was the name I had been hearing attached to Buffalo a little bit. Um and it made sense. People were just like, isn't he kind of small? I'm like, no, man, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. Look at the ability. Look what he does. Like that's that's the exact kind of guy that you want to you want to take a you want to you want to pick because you, you don't get that kind of production otherwise, you know, for, from from guys from guys that size. You're getting, you know, almost like what, a point and a half plus a game in the in WHL. I mean, this is a little guy playing in the WHL. This isn't like, you know, a little guy in Quebec, you know, scoring, you know, 300 points and you're just kind of like, well, yeah, that figures. WHL is the classic big boy league. So, you know, here's Savoy just darting in and out and scoring goals and piling up points. So, yeah, I I I really like that pick and it fits fits the profile they're looking for. 
in my mind, because they want, they want athletic guys. They want guys who can score. They want guys who have high skills. So yeah, it's, it checked all the boxes as far as I was concerned. Put up big numbers in the USHL as a 17 year old when that, that league was a little older because guys didn't go put some guys waited to go play NCAA a little longer with the pandemic going on. So Mm -hmm. really, really skilled, super extremely fast can play center or wing i i think that's what they really like about him actually you know a natural center so if they feel that in the future that's where he slots in great you can't move you know you usually don't see guys move from wing to center it's more Mm -hmm. difficult to pick up so to have that skill set and it's the competitiveness the guy you know the way that he wins puck battles the way that he plays the game away from the puck they just loved everything about it you know, they needed to get deeper down the middle in the prospect pipeline, and they just need to get, accumulate really high-end skilled players, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have too many of those guys. Once the draft really fell the way that it did, neither of those two defensemen were available any longer. I do wonder if Juracic was still there at nine, if that could have been the pick. But with mm-hmm. him gone, Savoy was, you know, I you, you couldn't go wrong there. That would that would have been the pick for me as well at that point. Yeah, it was – it just – it just – it. This was a draft where not a lot of stuff just made total sense when it came time, you know, came time to pick. I mean, it starts at pick one, honestly, um, it, with the way, you know, with the way everything started. It was just, you know, you you kind of wanted something that was going to make sense. And so the Savoy selection just made total sense, uh, especially given that, you know, he's he was playing in Winnipeg in the WHL and, you know, Peyton Krebs, who's now, you know, one of their one of their big guys. Well, going to be one of their big guys, uh, you know, played at Winnipeg. So. You know, they have that connection. James Patrick. Yeah, James Patrick as well. Yeah. You know, like that's that's a lot of connections to 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 really know who you're getting and what you're getting into with a guy. So that's, you know, again, when you connect all the dots, obviously hindsight's 2020. But when you connect all the dots after the fact, you're like, yeah, uh, this was the guy all along. This was the guy that they were going to they were going to nail down. I am very fast. I would love to know who their target would have been at seven mm-hmm. if they had completed the Murray deal. I know Jerry Fortin, director of amateur scouting, told the media after day two that they had two players they were targeting in that area, really. I, I, I'm leaning toward it being David Juracic because that is, I mean, that is a defenseman with a heavy shot, and mm-hmm. they certainly could have used a guy like that. Although if they had moved up to seven, they wouldn't have got him. <laughs> they wouldn't know that's the case they, they still the would have missed out yeah i'm just that's a guy i think they would have targeted though if they mm-hmm. by making that deal the uh the guy i had in mind for that was marco casper well yeah and you couldn't go wrong there either i i i really think casper was was a guy that they that they were high on, and given how they picked the rest of the draft picking high skill high quality centers I don't know, man. I, I I think that's 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 a move where you're looking at Casper. I, I mean, maybe there's an outside shot of of Korchinski maybe being that pick, but I I think Korchinski was a guy that you're thinking like at nine. If he's there at nine, we could take a run at him. But uh, especially if you have se- if you had seven in the bag already, you're thinking okay, let's get you know wet. Maybe you go for Savoy there. Maybe yeah. you're waiting on that. I don't know, um, but to me that moving up to seven was get was securing one center. And I think you're getting another one at nine regardless, because I, I think that's I just I don't know. I, I, I know that they were I know that if, if your check was there, that's I mean, that's probably the guy that you're looking looking for, especially because he slid down the board the way he did. Um, but I don't know. I don't, Marco. I don't know. There was a lot of smoke around Marco Casper that I that I got a feeling that he might have been the guy, too. 
that would add up. That would add up. And I, I really did like their pick at 16 when they get Noah Osland. Uh, mm-hmm. His fitness testing results of the combine were off the charts and for, for the most part. Playmaking center, top end speed, really smart. Hockey sense is high. Like he just, he's the type of player that, that again, that they're looking for. Really fits. Uh, he's going to be in a really good spot over in Sweden with Jurgarden. Yeah, they're not going to have to yeah. rush him. And of their three first round picks, he is the guy that we know is going to stick at center. When it comes to Savoy and Yuri Kulich, wouldn't be surprised if both or one of the two moved to the wing. But Noah Oslin, with his with that package of skill and just the experience and center, the way he plays the game, he's going to be sticking at that position, I would think. Yeah, and now Jurgardens, they're going down, aren't they? They're going they all Svenskin next yeah. year. So he might be on a different team next season, correct? Because they because guys do have that out. If, they they get, do have, if their team gets booted down, they can sign with somebody in the SHL. They do have that out, but staying with your garden might give him opportunity. He might have a ton of, he might be one of the, he might mm-hmm. get a bigger opportunity there as opposed to going to the SHL where ice time might be, you know, more scarce. So he only yeah. got a couple of games in last season, but, you know, playing J20s and everything else, like he, he's got it. You know, that's, that's the type of player that, they needed to add to their system. Cause like, I know that everybody looks at the NHL right now and this, you would think Sabres are good at center, right? Like they've got Thompson cousins, Krebs, Middlestad, but mm-hmm. you know, we don't know who's going to be part of this team long-term. You got to protect right. yourself and there's nothing wrong with getting more, more good players, especially, no. you know, at that age with their uh, trajectory to the NHL. Yeah. It's it, to me, it, it, you never have an issue. If, if, if you're thinking you're set at an area, you're only looking at what's in the near future. You're not looking at the long future, you know, because if you're looking down the road, that was the thing that, I mean, that's something we talked about a bunch was you start looking down the road with a lot of the prospects they've got here. There were a lot of very obvious positions where it was like, okay, you need some reinforcements here. Pretty, you know, if not right away within the next year or two. And, you know, obviously center center, I don't feel bad about because again, you can move a guy to wing if he doesn't work at the center. Like that's, it's it's easy to do you know the going the other way is a lot harder and if you're sam reinhardt you can do both (laughs) and then it's not valued one way or the other it's fine but like but i I mean i I just look at it you know the the guys that are going to be in rochester this year with you know with kiskov and uh rosine and and all these guys like these are all your forwards almost all of them except for bloom and uh, nado uh, that are going to be in Rochester, you know, and once those guys junior seasons are over, they're in Rochester. And then who's coming in behind them? Be waiting a while for some of those guys, you know, yeah, and, with the Russians last year, yeah. um, a few of the other guys they've drafted either are going to be in college for a four, few more years or, mm-hmm. you know, you got Vilyami Marjala who needs to physically develop before you can even consider signing him yeah it's yeah they're they Aaron needed Google to really needs, needs more games i know. like lucas rusak i think that that's he's going to be yeah. an nhl player so that's another winger but you needed more centers and that's that's yeah. really why they wanted to, to target that position and and really like you're not drafting by position you're drafting by your list in the first round and they thought mm-hmm. really highly of those two players and the same goes for joe i could not believe when yuri kulich was fell to 28 yeah Coolidge. it's Coolidge is funny because you know everybody everybody who's watching the draft that's invested in you know invested in it and watching these guys 
they're, they're, you know, as soon as the guys pick, they're, you know, they're running through his stats and they're looking through it. And then you look at Yuri Kulich's numbers. And if you don't know, you know, how things rank out in the Czech league, you're looking at his numbers and going, oh my God, what, why did they pick this kid? And then, then you're like, no, he's playing in the men's league, the same league like Yermer Yager plays in. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's putting up these kinds of numbers. And then you've got, uh, you know, everybody, uh, you know, the guys in the broadcast talking about how like he's his defensive ability up front is already at a very high level. And I'm thinking like, well, of course, that's the guy you pick. Like he's put up decent numbers as a, you know, as an 18 year old in a men's league numbers that they haven't seen since Martin, Martin, Nate, Marty Natchez did it uh, when he was drafted by Carolina. Like that's pretty good neighborhood for a guy you know to be compared to as far you know as far as a recent guy anyways like i don't know man that that to me is getting him at 28 is a hell of a steal yeah and you look at how he performed against his peers at the under 18 world championship he was captain of of czech republic Mm -hmm. mvp of the tournament led led the tournament with nine goals in six games finished with 11 points you know play can play center or wing and has all those skills that they are looking for you know incredible mm-hmm. skater, you know, good on his edges. He fits perfectly with the way that the Sabres want their team to play, the way the league is going, speed, 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 but also competitiveness. That was the one trait that Kevin Adams continued to stress. Like the effort level is always there with all three of their first round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, that was some of the, the knock on a few guys who fell, whether it be, you know, Brad Lambert is one of them where inconsistencies were in their game when it came to that aspect in particular, but these three and, like all of the the young Sabers, you know, Dylan Cousins, Peyton Krebs, you know, Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahlin, they just hate to lose, and they'll do whatever yeah. they can uh, to make sure that doesn't happen. And I just like the way that they're drafting, right? Like high upside, high upside mm-hmm. guys who have a track record of production, goal scoring, driving play. Not only does it do those all those traits fit with their first round picks, but also later in the draft, and and we'll get to later on. I'm, I'm very curious, Joe, who. Somebody had, you know, what player really stood out to you beyond the first round? But we gotta, mm-hmm. t- we gotta talk about their second round pick before we get there. You know, Tapia yeah. is leaning in using the forty-first pick on the best goalie in the draft, but certainly a lot of people thought leaning was going to go later than that. Yeah, uh, leaning was the first goalie off the board. A uh, the second goalie off the board didn't happen until seventeen picks later at fifty-eight. And then the next goalie off the board, as I scroll down the list, let me find him. Let me find him. Let me find him. Okay, not third round, fourth round. I know it's fourth round. Yeah, 108, Mason Bopit to San Jose was was the next goalie off the board. In the fourth round, I you know, listen, people were pretty happy. Twitter was pretty happy with this draft. But when this pick was made, everybody was like, huh? What? <laughs> goalie? What do, you, what do you mean goalie? Like, Come on, goalie already? And then you didn't see another goalie taken for well, I mean, at least, you know, if there was some if there was some way to feel good about it, it was that there was one taken later in the second round. But that was Seattle, and you know, they kind of need need some goaltending in the pipeline. So, you know, I get that, but I don't know. Was this was this group really that spooked out about their, you know, what they've gotten in development that they're like oh, crap we got to get this he's the best one listed we got to get him now and like he's a big dude six five two thirty holy smoke yeah. put him on defense man forget <laughs> playing goal get him get him on the blue line holy crap man kevin adams would not say this i, I you know tried to get him to do it but they 
everything I've heard, they they are very concerned about their ability to sign Eric Portillo. Very mm. concerned at this point. Now, Portillo is going to be at development camp. Another topic we'll, we'll get to later in the podcast. And I'm sure that there will be a, a, a big recruiting push in those few days. But they needed some insurance there. And when it came to leaning in, he was above and beyond the best goalie in the draft in their eyes. There was a big, big gap between him and everybody else. And when you've got 11 picks in the draft, you had, what, 11 the year before? You feel like you can take a, a greater risk there. You had three in the mm-hmm. first round. And it, I'm go- I'm okay with it because you, I like picking a goalie every year. If you thought yeah. he was above and beyond the best goalie in the draft and you like the skill set, and I know the inconsistency was there. I don't – you know, the under-18 performance really – would concern me going to mm-hmm. a peer on peer tournament and performing the way that he did. But, you know, all reports indicate that his, his J 20 team over there was terrible and he was their only good player still put up pretty respectable numbers. And when he's had a bad game, as Jerry Fortin pointed out, he's always seemed to respond. Well, you know, it's physically, I'm sure there's going to be some work to do to, to probably get him to cut a little weight. You don't want him playing at six, five, two That's a lot of stress on the knees mm-hmm. and the hip, I would think. So, I'm mean, just very curious what their development plan is going to be. It's certainly a longer-term project, much like Lucan and Portillo were. Yeah, this um, – I'm of the same mind. Like, if you feel he's the best and he's the best by far, then yeah, grab him. And I, I feel mildly hypocritical and <laughs> being critical – and being kind of critical about this pick because what was everything that we were saying about the first round? Like – you got three first round picks. You can take a swing with the third one. Who cares? Like you could take a like take a risk on some Russian guy you think might not make it. Like yeah, you're like fine. Yeah, whatever. We it's first round. He's got the talent. Let's do it. And then you get to the second. We get to the second round, and it's like, hey, wait a minute. You can't <laughs> take this guy. What are you doing taking a goalie? Like, what's the what's the difference? You yeah. know, like th- there's a 13 pick difference between 28 and 41. Now. If you want, I mean, if there's if you're concerned, I don't know why you'd be concerned about getting deep, you know, the, the top end of the draft here, but the fact that there was 33 picks in between or 32 picks in between, uh, when they picked Lenin and, and their third round selected Victor, Victor Noichev, uh, if you're concerned that, you know, you didn't have enough picks in between and let's face it, the guys taking around leaning, take it right after Lenin. It's enough of a reason for people to be like, Oh boy. Oh boy, because there was a lot of guys that have the hype to him. You know, Noah Warren was taken immediately right afterwards. Yeah. Uh, Luca Del Del, Del Bell Belouz, oh, what a name! What a what a beautiful name. Uh, Matthias Havelid was another one. You know, Seamus Casey, like a run on defensemen because we all thought this was going to be the defense pick, and then you see a run of like defenders coming through. Except you know, Del Bell Belouz is a center, but uh, obviously they didn't care about taking taking centers. You know, Christian Cairo, Jordan Cairo's brother goes. You know, like that's a lot of, you know, Elias Salamonson at 55. Like that, that's a lot of D that goes right afterwards. And you're like, did we miss out? You know, like that's that's going to be the main thought. And like when when this draft gets rewound, you know, down the road and people start looking back, like either because, listen, everybody's going to get everybody gets second guessed. If leaning and doesn't doesn't pan out, and any number of these guys do behind them, it's gonna be like, geez, blew it on a goalie, like stupid goalies, like that's that's always gonna be the reaction. And that's why a lot of general managers don't like taking goalies early in the draft. <laughs> I, I remember talking to, to Rick Dudley about this and just going and asking him how he would how he approached it when he was a GM, and 
he admitted it. Like, I, I didn't want to be the GM who picked a goalie too soon. And then everybody says you're an idiot for doing it. When That's you're a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs in 11 years, you haven't had a franchise goalie in eight, you got to make sure you get that position right. Now, I know that it's been eight years at this point, over eight years since Ryan Miller left, but they do have to feel pretty good about their their development model at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. their development coach, Seamus Kotick, has worked really well with Uko Pekalukin and Eric Portillo and Devin Levi. So, and... When you look at Lucan and, and Leninen, a lot of parallels are just the way, you know, the way their technique is coming up in Finland. Their coaching is very similar. So there's a good background there. And, uh, you know, with Port- the Portello situation, you got to protect yourself. I'm okay with it. I understand the criticisms, but hey, like it's, I'm not the one making the pick. I'm not the one, you know, risking my, my neck <laughs> to, to pick a goalie that early. I just think that. If he's your guy, he's your guy. Go for it. You need to get that position right. Yeah, it's it's funny that Rick Dudley's the guy guy talking yeah. about that because I I want to say he was with was he with Atlanta in two thousand two? No, he was not. Uh, he might have. Been, I'm trying. I'm trying to quickly scan through. Yeah, no, he didn't join the Thrashers until very late. But I, I immediately made me think of Don Waddell as GM of the Thrashers in 02 taking Curry Lettinen. Yeah, in the first round, and Lettinen, you know, Lettinen was he was supposed to be very good, but his gro- he got a groin injury that was pretty rough, and he was never the same after that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the, as we all know, the Thrashers ended up leaving Atlanta, you know, about ten years after that. Well, nine, ten years later, and yeah, it's, it's tough to come back from. That, that's a tough thing to come back from. Of course, you know, Don Waddell is now the GM of the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes are very good, so maybe it just doesn't matter. Maybe nothing matters, you know, eat Arby's. But, like, yeah, you don't – taking a goalie number – the first round is so hard. Jack – look at Jack Campbell, another yeah. guy, first-round guy, and took him a while to finally – like, this year finally broke loose. Like, you don't – yeah, it, it that, being stressed out on goalies is – I can't imagine how many coaches and GMs have, have just like completely lost their mind just because you, there's no science to goalies like at all. No. And you know, you're just kind of stuck because you pick a guy and you're like, all right, man, you got to do it. Like you're a guy, you gotta, you gotta take care of business here. So you, you have to draft and develop that position. If you don't, you're in the position the sailor Sabres currently in where you're con you're every summer. It seems you're trying to find a solution in net. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And you need two guys nowadays. It's a tandem model that almost every team deploys. Vasilevsky is the exception. He's, he's not the rule at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody uses two guys, you know, the injuries happen. The Stanley cup champion used two guys. So Yep. I'm good with it. I it's going to be very fascinating to watch. You know, does does Lenin have a big year after what happened, especially after those under 18s? I would be motivated after something like that. And Absolutely. you know, the, the reports they have on you know the, the actual person, you know what he's like, all positive. It's it's going to be one to monitor. And um, before we get to goalies, because there's a lot to go over there with that, Joe. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what among their other picks, which one? Th- is the most interesting to you? Which one stands out the most? You know, we're not going to go the, the full rundown, but yeah. I want to hear what guys you, you really liked or yeah, you really liked. We'll go with that. One. Yeah. The the ones I really liked are honestly, and this is me taking the easy route here. It was the next, the next two picks they had Victor Neuchev, uh, out of, a winger out of Russia and Mats Lindgren, uh, the defenseman out of Kamloops. Uh, Lindgren, I, 
if I got if you got to make me pick one, I think Lindgren's my favorite pick out of those. Um, he puts up a ton of he put up a ton of points already. Uh, I mean, he's left handy, so like you know, some people are gonna be like, "Where is he gonna play?" Listen, but this guy's skills, man. I don't think it matters. Left, right side. I think this. I think this kid could end up being really good. And you know, his, his old man played in played in the NHL, played for the Islanders, played for the Oilers. Uh, I think his dad was a forward. He was a center. center. Yeah. And but like this kid can move. He, he seems like he can carry the puck very well. And like I said, he can score. I, it, that's that's somebody where I'm I'm thinking they might have gotten they might have got a real nice gem in the middle of the draft. I absolutely agree. No, in his the athleticism, the skating ability, that gives them confidence he can play the right side longer term. Now they do wish he was a little taller. That's why he fell to where he was. But you rare you don't often see defensemen in the WHL put up that kind of that production. It's not yeah. that's not normal, especially at five on five. It's not like he was simply a power play guy. No, mm-hmm. he he was a playmaker. He fits the way that you want your defense in, to, to play nowadays. And in the playoffs, he was really good for Kamloops. Showed that showed that he's actually a physical player, that he plays with an edge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the kid, after he was picked, he told, every, he told everybody at the podium he wants to win the Norris Trophy. Now, you know, everybody, you know, I just like the confidence. I like the confidence yeah. of the kid. Anytime you get somebody whose you know, father played in the league, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to have. You know, they have access to knowledge that nobody else does. And uh, they need a defenseman. I know that people are probably concerned. I'm sure that a lot are concerned that they waited that long to get a guy. But I think they got Mm -hmm. a really good one where they did. And Nuchev, I'm with you. I know it was the MHL. And there's certainly questions about Russians. But, man, like, he had 53 more shots on goal than anybody else in that league. He put up 40 goals. (laughs) 40 goals. Now, I have been like it. It sounds like he doesn't play much defense, but dude, I don't care. Who cares? Like, he puts the puck in the net and his shot, he's got a great <laughs> shot. I know that, you know, Adam said about Coolidge that Coolidge has one of the best shots they've ever seen for a player at that age. And to get another guy like Nuchev, who not only produced it, it on the power play, but his five on five play driving numbers, you know, according to Jerry Fortin, were really, really good. They had him ranked as the third best Russian in this draft. I don't think that's a stretch to think that that's the case just based on the overall package of skill. He's a really intriguing player. Yeah. The the fact that he doesn't play much D and outshot everybody in the league by more than 50 shots. I'm like, my dude, I, I'm, I'm already a huge fan of his. I mean, 40 goals is nothing. It's like, sorry. Like I, you, you, scoring at any level is, is, is good to see. I mean, you know, MHL, you know, I get it, whatever, fine. 40, 40 is still a monster is a monster number for that, you know, for that age and that group. Like that's crazy. The, in the KHL team that owns his rights, guess who their new development, co- their head of development is Pavel Datsuk. Pretty oh, good, pretty good guy nice. to learn from. So, well, if he's going to learn the defensive side of the puck, that's you couldn't ask for a better guy to learn from. Exactly. Honestly. The other one, I I don't understand their fifth round pick, Komarov. All reports I read is the skating is an issue. Six foot two. I well, right shot D. That's fine. He's he's mm-hmm. in the queue. So, getting him over here is going to be much less of an issue. If, you know, mm-hmm. playing for a good coach and Patrick Waugh. They've got Kevin Devine and. In the Maritimes, who's got good connections over there and, you know, hit a home run last year with the Olivia Nadeau pick. So, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see. But another guy that I really liked is Jake Richard. 
plays for Muskegon in the USHL, and at 17 years old, had a big second half of the season. You know, it was it was tough sledding there the first two months, you know, the first two months of the year with zero mm-hmm. goals, but kid had a breakout, six foot one, committed to UConn. UConn's coaches want him to be there in the fall already. They want him to go early and they want wow. to put him in their and they want to put him in their top nine or top six. Now the Sabres are stepping in and saying, not so fast. We want him in Muskegon for for another year to be a, a dominant player in that league, or at least take a much bigger step forward on a good team. Muskegon's a, yeah, that's a good organization to be a part of. So, you know, an, another skilled player, another winger. Uh, I like the, I like the pick. It's just a different, you know, we haven't seen Kevin Adams go to the U, the USHL route, you know, that, mm-hmm. as GM much. So to do it here, sixth round, uh, I like the bet. That, that's a good, uh, a good lottery ticket to take at that point in the draft. Now, one thing that uh, I noticed, and just this, this is going down through the uh, the birthdays, is that they took advantage of some guys who were late, like late, bir- you know, birthday years, who were, were, if they were born in September of 2004, they would have been a next year's draft class. Mm-hmm. But instead, they were born August 2004, so that they're at the very tail end of this one, and they're still 17 years old. Uh, Lindgren's one of those guys. Uh, Jake Richards, another one of those guys. And... To me, that's it's a little bit of a gamble just because they are that young and you're thinking like, well, you know, maybe they got a little, you know, they, they still need some time. You know, maybe you wait another year to, to, to grab them. But I don't know, like Matt Slingren's 17 and he put up 44 points in 68 games with yeah. Kamloops. Like, am I waiting on him? No. <laughs> and, no. a, and a kid like he's been, Richard, in, he's, been in the, he's been in the WHL since he was 15. Like, okay, if a, kid, if a kid like Richard goes undrafted the next year, he could uh, he could end up being a much higher draft choice. So right. you feel like you get a lot of value there in the sixth round. I like the approach. I've really liked the approach to the way they've drafted the last two years in particular. It's almost impossible to to evaluate 2020 other than the fact that they hit home runs in their first two picks. We'll see the rest. Mm -hmm. They only had five. So, but the last two years, the, the types of players they picked, you know, some risks last year that have played off so far. It's, it's a fascinating 11 player haul, you know, and I'm not going to be the guy who criticizes their seventh rounder. I just think that when you look, you know, I like lean, I understand. And I I like the pick of a goalie. So I, you know, I, I, I'm absolutely with you. Those those top six guys in particular, I think, are very fascinating. Yeah, this is, um, and it's interesting that you know you get 11 picks and you te- and you keep all of them, and you don't use any of them to trade up. You don't use any of them to trade back. Uh, and he just stuck stuck with it. He's like, no, I have I I spent months making this draft board, and damn it, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I want to like I see how things are going to break down here. These are the guys I want to get. So that's enough. And, and I mean, listen, it. I don't mind that because I don't think Adams and the group are in the position yet to start really kind of messing around with picks to, you know, either to slide up, you know, you're giving up and giving up a pick to move up or using a pick to slide down and get another couple of guys later. Like, you know, like you just holding steady. I'm okay with that right now, you know, next year or the years after where you're looking to add to your team for, you know, for help immediately, then yeah, okay. Like that, that's fine. But I don't mind, just using every pick and saying like, listen, we're, we're, we're filling up the, we're filling up our, our farm again. We need to, we, we need to do that. We need to get some guys in there. We need to get some guys that we can f- focus in on. So uh, I, yeah, I like it, but yeah, I, I'm with you though. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. First six picks are pretty, pretty good. Um, 
the Komarov pick, like, I, I'm listen, it's, you know, fifth round pick. I'm not going to get crappy about it. Like just, if he works out cool, if not, then, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's just, it was just funny to me though, that they picked a Russian kid who's playing at Quebec. And the last time they did that, didn't plan out the way they thought it was going to play out. Uh, that was Mikhail Grigorenko for those unaware. Um, so at, at least this time, I don't think there's any questions about uh, Komarov's age. I don't think people are thinking he's secretly 23. So I think that's nice. But uh, but yeah, like it, I know it, it's funny to have a draft where you can't really blow any holes in in any of the in any of the picks and, and like find arguments to say like nah they should have picked this guy instead like that's that to me is a sign of having a group that's getting their act together when it comes to assessing talent and you know what taking a swing for guys that have high-end ability i said this for a couple weeks now do that instead of going for the safe route you know like that's that's that to me is more fun and you can yield higher results and now the pipeline is where it's at I know that next year's draft, 2023, is supposed to be a really strong one. But if you're the Sabres with where your roster is at, you would think that you should be in a much better spot in terms of where you're finishing. I'm not saying playoff, but you're not. Right. You're hoping to not pick in the top 10. You, you would not want to do that at this point. So, mm-hmm. Joe, that takes us to the goalie conversation. Now that the yes. Sabres are at where they are, I'm very much in the corner that go trade a draft pick for a goalie with where the, what the market is. I'm looking at James Reimer now as the guy that I would want them to give just where the market you know, is, who's available. We know Jack Campbell looks like it's between the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs as we're speaking on Sunday afternoon. See where that takes us. Darcy Kemper looks like he's headed back to Washington after all that movement of the draft. And Joe, why don't we go over the movement of the draft? Because, yeah. you know, it all started really with Matt Murray nixing a trade to Buffalo. Yeah, that... Um came as a big surprise honestly uh, the fact that they were a going after murray and b what the return was going to be the return was going to be a swap of pick 16 and 7 which the sabers would have jumped you know would have jumped out of 16 the vegas pick and moved up to 7 to take who knows you know like we don't, we assume we can assume all we want who they might go for there but like that's either way that's a trade up and then they also get a goalie and ottawa would have paid 25% to do that because obviously obviously if you're taking a goalie that's six and a, six and change on the cap and owed seven million dollars in actual money this year you gotta add some sweeteners so swapping first round picks made a lot of sense and you know ottawa taking a chunk of the the cost of that also makes a ton of sense especially for the sabers uh but matt murray said no because he has a no trade clause 10 team no trade clause and he said he said no not going to go to Buffalo, not going to do that. Now, I get like no trade clause. Hey, you earned it. You know, whoever signed you to the contract gave it to you. You earned it. That's yours. Do it. Do as you will. I, I'm never going to hold that against the guy. I am curious, though, uh, you know, some of the you look at Toronto, you look at Edmonton. Obviously, those are teams that have immediate Stanley Cup aspirations. And I get that. But. You know, was there something with Mike Bales? Like, did he and Bales not get along in their time in Pittsburgh? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think there was any issue there. There was talk but, of it, but I, again, nothing not that, not, none of my reporting has led me to believe that that would be the reason or that that was even fact, right? I think there was a lot of speculation because Bales left after the Stanley, you know, a Stanley Cup win and yeah. got replaced by their development coach who worked with Murray down in Wilkesbury. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, to me, you know, I know a lot of fans are going to read into it and, you know, try to find the reason, but I think honestly, the reason is he has a chance to pick where he can go and two teams that could be Stanley cup champions next season are in desperate need of goaltending. And why wouldn't you want to go there instead? You know, it's got nothing to do with like comparing Buffalo to Toronto or to Edmonton, you know, as cities or, you know, whatever. It's just, Buffalo is going to be trying to get better to maybe be a playoff team this next season, next couple of years. Edmonton and Toronto are teams that want to win the Stanley Cup like right away. And that to me tells me everything that, you know, you know, it's a buyer's market for goalies. So take your time, pick your place. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like goalies don't care about the return. They don't care that, it, you know, Sabres didn't get to jump up to seven. Goalie didn't give a crap, but just, you know, it's just the immediate need of those teams changes the picture. Yeah, and he needed he needs a reset. He needs he needs to Absolutely. again establish himself as a reliable starting goalie in the NHL. It's been bad for three straight seasons. You know, he's coming back from post concussion symptoms. I'm sure he wants to play on a better team because better teams make goal, make goalies look good. Look what the St. Louis Blues do to almost anybody who steps into that crease. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just the guy wants to compete for a cup. It's fine. And of course, we got Kevin Adams dropping the we no. want people who want who want to be here line, which I'm sure that if I'm Kevin Adams, I would be extremely better because not only would you have possibly solved your, your hole in, in, in net, but you were going all the way up to seven. You would have two top 10 picks. Yeah. That was a real good piece of business for Buffalo. If it could have worked out, it didn't. And you know what? Joe, if that trade goes through and, and Murray's play never gets back to, to even close to what it was, it could have been a problem for Buffalo. That even mm-hmm. with Ottawa taking on money, that's not an easy contract to no. to, to hold of. And I, you know, Matt Murray, the you know the personality, one of those guys you don't always know what you're gonna get. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. And if things aren't going well, and you want Luke in to get games, how was he going to handle that? How would he handle a, a balance of games with him and Craig Anderson? I think that honestly, in the end, it, we're going to look back at this and, and say that it was probably for the best. But hey, I've been wrong before. I've been wrong a lot. Yeah, I I, I know Murray's numbers were pretty awful uh, the last few years, but when he after he got sent down to Belleville mm-hmm. uh, this year, and then after he came back, he was pretty good after he came back like that was that was more the matt murray we were accustomed to seeing um and i think that's kind of where adams's head was at it was like okay well if that's the guy we're gonna get then that's yeah we're, we're gonna do that and i don't and to me the fact that ottawa said yeah we'll swap first round picks with you and, and pay 25 percent to be rid of them tells me that they didn't think very highly of them in the first place but then but it's almost like they got to test the waters to see like well let's let's see what the reaction is to that and the universal reaction was like holy crap buffalo almost got a steal so now so now they kind of they kind of figured out what the market is for themselves which i think now put matt puts matt murray in the running for gm of the year for next season so um <laughs> but i mean because like they're not gonna they're not gonna get by with like with such a light you know whoever acquires it is not gonna be able to pull the wool over their eyes now because now they're like oh now we know what the market is okay cool and are they really going to go help the Leafs? Like, right? I, I don't see They've that done happening. it before, but in, in the in the well, they have done it before. I don't see the I don't see Jack Campbell going back to Toronto based on what the ask is going to be. I think mm. that Edmonton's so desperate they're going to pay him. So Toronto, much like Buffalo, is in a very pre- precarious spot when it comes to their situation in net. It's uh, the, the thing with Murray, and, and like, listen, 
I, I, I've wanted to make it a point to just make fun of the whole, you know, we want guys that want to be here thing. I, I've picked on it before, but to hear it used in this case with Murray is just, it's so phony. It's so bogus. Just because, I, I mean, it's got nothing to do with that. Like that's, it's literally got nothing to do with, with any of that. Now, I mean, obviously Murray could make me look like a fool if he comes out and says, I hate that dump of a city. I was never going there. <laughs> okay, fine. Like, uh, you know, I, I redact in that case, but man, oh man, it's just, you know, Adams, this is what gets me. Adams, Adams was a player. He, you know, he said all along, he respects no trade clauses. He, you know, he never wants to like have some guy go against it. You know, he knows that can cause problems, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then he comes out all sore about this. And it's like, come on, man, come on. I, I, was, I would be extremely frustrated if I was in his spot. But yeah, sure. I mean, I, I get I get what Corn, you know, I get what you're saying, right? It's especially with where Matt Murray is in his career. For all the reasons we just stated, it makes sense for him. You know, and again, remember, he didn't pick Ottawa. He got traded there. Right. So right. this is an opportunity for him at this point in his career to say, no, I'm going there. Like if, the, if I signed a contract with Ottawa, they want to trade me only a couple years in after I had a difficult time with a concussion, which like mm-hmm. he's finally working his way back. Like, no, I'm going to pick where I'm going. Like, I'm not I'm not going where you're telling me to go. You gave me the, the no trade protection and I'm going to use it. So for the situations for the Sabres, they have to reset now. And the market kind of bare at this point. Right. The Devils yeah. went out and got Vanishak. Now Frank Saravalli reported this weekend that Breeden Holtby's career might be over because of a hip injury at the very least he's not not going to play next season so that's another guy off the market so joe all that considered who are you going to get i i said this last week i'm trying to make a deal for reimer at this point yeah honestly. i mean that that's, it, that's the guy i'm getting right i mean if it's aiden hill okay i mean fine uh, i mean i don't know i i just between the two i prefer reimer I mean, obviously, the, the, the tough part there is you have to make a trade to make it happen. Um, that I mean, that's always the tricky part. Uh, and depending on what San Jose wants, I mean, it can't be much, right? Like, I would overpay to get it done. You have to be aggressive. You can't be the last team standing in this game of musical chairs like yeah. they were last year. Because then you're looking at a Takarski-Anderson tandem again. And that's I think that's the reality, right? Like... If, yeah. if they don't trade for a guy like James Reimer, I'm looking at the free agent market, there ain't much, right? And mm-hmm. you're, you're almost going to bet on the guy that you've already had in your building than somebody who, somebody that you don't really know as well. You know, Casey DeSmith is somebody I thought they could consider. He went back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, have, you, you have a good prospect pipeline, go trade a draft pick to get James Reimer, you know, and if you look at his numbers on a bad San Jose team last year, and I'm, I'm looking at goals saved above expected, which measures shot quality, really, really good. I'm not willing to make a deal for Aiden Hill, I wouldn't think at this point, just based on it's been a couple of years. I haven't liked what I've seen there. So I'm going Reimer or I'm signing Eric Comrie, who, although hasn't played a lot of games yet at this point in his NHL career, when he has been in there on a good on a pretty good team, I, I like mm-hmm. what he's done. Yeah, Comrie. I mean, Comrie's been getting some talk up from our our friends over at Expected Buffalo. They've they've said a lot about him. Tip of the hat. Uh, yes, tip of the cap to those to uh, to Chad and Anthony. They do some really good work there. Um, yeah, I 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just going up and down this list. And for some reason, Eric Comrie's 49th on Cap Friendly's list. I don't know what ranking I have for that. I don't know why it's, they put yeah. him down there. He's, 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 what, you know, like, there's guys in the between here that it's like, what? No, that, that, that guy retired three years ago. Like, what, what, why? Um, but yeah, I just, I don't like, I, like, Thomas Grice, I think Grice is done. Like, I, think I mean, done. you could, yeah, I, 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 the numbers were not very good the last last year or even the year before i mean bad bad detroit team i understand but like even with a bad detroit team still didn't look good martin jones no no sorry like that you know again not not feeling that uh because i don't because i don't know how much you're going to be able to spare anderson and and or lukanen when it comes down to it you know, throwing him in there. Yarrow Halak probably ain't coming here. Like he, he had two days here before. I think he's all set with Buffalo. Uh, David Riddick. No. Uh, Phoenix Copley. No, like yeah. not, not even for Rochester. I'd say no. um, yeah. Colin Delia, maybe in Rochester. I don't know. The guy I'm targeting for Rochester is Louis Domingue. Yeah. Yeah. Had a nice, he had a nice playoffs with Pittsburgh. He's a solid, solid citizen. He can bake. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> you need you need a baker in the locker room. We all Absolutely. Know got a guy who can, get a guy who can bring you cupcakes. That's that's a win for everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, the point. We're looking at this list, Joe, and it ain't great. There's Martin Jones. No, no thank you. Um, Washington's going to probably – I know Washington's shopping Samson off, but I don't get – I doubt the Sabres yeah. want anything to do with that no. considering he's an RFA and ugh, no, no thank you. Yeah, just it, it's just that Comrie sticks out because his numbers aren't aren't bad. You know, he was what ten uh, five and one with a nine twenty saber. Okay, yeah, pretty pretty okay. darn good. And the underlying numbers really match that that production. He needs opportunity. It's a guy that he's at the point in his career. He's twenty six years old. Wants to establish himself as a starting goalie. Uh, mm-hmm. I I'm taking a risk on him in a one one, and I'm sure he would come in on a one year deal. He would be probably yeah. more than happy to do that even if you have to overpay a little bit on what maybe the ask would be from other teams. Yeah. I just, yeah, I'm just like, I had, I've had to fi- I finally sorted this list by save percentage, which is also funny because you know, games played comes in, comes into play with that. But, um, but our, seeing friends, some of the other- our friends at evolving hockey project Conry to get one year at $1.248 million. Done. Done. Why done. would you do that? Instantly done. Yeah. Like that's sign them, sign them immediately. Uh, another another name to watch here. Um, Vegas is probably going to have to clear cap space. Their backup goalie, Loren Brassois, mm-hmm. one year left at $2.35 million. Now, he was He's, terrible yeah. last year for the Golden yes. Knights. Terrible. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm eager to make that deal. If, I mean, depending if Vegas throws you something really nice to like take them off their hands, then, Okay, but I can't imagine Vegas is in the position to be doing such things now, <laughs> especially to Buffalo. Like, why do I want to give more stuff to Buffalo? For God's sake, if you're Vegas, just I mean, Buffalo's. If Adams is calling me, I'm just not answering. It. Just get get away from me, man. I've heard I've had enough out of you. Kevin Weeks reported Friday that Jake Allen uh, is a guy that the Sabres have interest in. Now I don't know why Montreal would move him at the moment, considering all yeah. the questions about Carey Price and a few. I know Darren Drager and probably Pierre LeBron as well. Immediately, sort of just threw a bucket of water on that one for the reasons mm-hmm. that I just stated. Yeah, I yeah I can't. I, Montreal will be foolish to to do that, especially if it means 
especially if it means they're like jumping onto somebody in the free agent pool where you're like, who are you signing? Like, like who are you getting to be the carry price insurance with that, with that crew? Because you're going to need it. Like you absolutely yeah. need it. Oh no. man. Like, I'm just Caden like, he's ready, but they still need somebody else there. Yeah. Caden uh, Primo made me look at, um, cause I'm staring right at Charlie Lindgren, who is UFA. He was in St. Louis, St. Louis's minor league team last year. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Take a poke with him for Rochester. Like that would be, he'd be a good like deep backup. Unless option. Who, who does St. Louis plan on having as the backup behind Bennington now that Huso got traded? Uh, Joel Hofer. Oh, okay. He had a great year. I like. Yes, him. that's that 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 was my guess. That's why I think they're okay with Huso moving on or moving him on. Yeah, helping helping him pack his bags out of town. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you're leaving. Just here, go here. Just you're go over here. That much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Joel Hofer is probably going to be the guy with uh, backing up Bennington and putting stress on Bennington to think it starts. I would imagine. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, this, this whole list of available guys is just terrible. Like, like both guys, like Colin Dealey, I mentioned from Chicago, Kevin Lonkinen is the other one. Like he played a ton of games, but Chicago also had no goaltending. So yeah, They thought they think so much of Kevin Lincoln and that they went on and got Peter Morazic instead. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was the decision. That's, that's for sure. But, but uh, yeah, and apparently also they're not going to re-sign Dominic Kubalik. That just, that was just reported literally just five minutes, like five, 10 minutes ago. So it's like the tanks on in Chicago, but like you don't want any of their goalies. None of their goalies were any good. I just, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Bring Andrew Hammond back. You know, I, I <laughs> Dallas kept for... Scott Wedgwood. That was like, that would have been a guy, but why not? It's fine. I, I like Hammond for Rochester. If he's willing to go back yeah. as the, the, yep. the tandem for Lucan. And I know people want Subban, but I think for Malcolm Subban, he needs to go play. Like he needs games mm-hmm. and sitting by an UPL is not probably the most mm-hmm. ideal situation for him. No, definitely not. Definitely not. No, it's, um, yeah, it's ugly out there, man. Like John John Gillies, like, he was great and great college goalie, super college goalie. Just has not <laughs> has not cut it in the NHL. Um, Harry Sateri, like it's another one. I didn't know Harry Sateri was thirty two years old. By the way, that's scary. Hey, old friend Jonas Johansson, always oh, RFA rats. <laughs> Could have got him back. That's a bummer. Oh well. Yeah, I yeah I don't like any. I mean, we knew this already. I didn't, but I don't like any of these options. No, no. Like my, like they're they're going to bring Hauser back, I assume. Yeah, I would think he's I he, job for life. In yeah, that role. seriously, job for life in that role. Like, and he's just such a good guy, and um, yeah, he's just got everything you want in, in a in a goalie for that situation. I wouldn't mind him as the tandem for Lucan and Rochester. I'm sure they want a little bit more insurance than that, but heck, mm-hmm. I, I I really like Michael Hauser. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's earned it, honestly, yes. for some of the crap that's gone on the last couple of years. And like he's just done his job, just taking care of business, you know, play, you know, got two wins this year for the Sabres, stopped basically everything. <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't know. Like, it's that's weird. Yeah. Alex Lyon, there's another one. Great year with great year in the AHL. But I'm I'm fascinated to see if another name becomes available. We're not expecting. It doesn't sound like Varlamov's moving anywhere. Lou Lamorello's yeah. doubled down and said we want both of those guys. It's our best chance of winning. I would tend to agree. I don't mm-hmm. think the return would would really meet unless they want to clear cap space. It's the only reason to do it. 
And what does Carolina do? I mean, they got Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta, but neither of those guys has been able to really stay healthy. And that's the one thing I think that team is missing is just a a number one goalie that you could really rely on. Yeah, that's that's tough because Freddie was the guy that they thought they could rely on, which, you know, hey, sounds familiar, Toronto. Um, But yeah, that was... Yeah, that, I mean that's that, it's tough for them because they're that close to being a legit cup contender. But like, Freddie can never stay healthy. Ranta, like, just his whole career has just been in and out. Like when he's in, he's great. When he's out, you just don't know how long he's out for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that uh, move on to the next portion of the offseason, right? Goalies is where it is. It's very fascinating. We know qualifying offers are due Monday. Which, of course, as you all know, is maintenance day in our world. That's right. So 5 p.m. on maintenance day, uh, qualifying offers to do. No surprises from the Sabres. Everybody's going to get one that's an RFA, including Victor Olofsson. That contract negotiation fascinates me. Joe, mm-hmm. all signs point to getting done. I'm sure that the one wrinkle that they're trying to decide over is term at this point. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine money's the issue at all. It's just, you know, if, Vic, if Victor wants like five or six years, I could be the Sabres being like, no, no, we're not. We're not doing that. Um, I picture this coming in at like three years, though. Same. Three, three, four max, maybe. Evolving Hockey projects the average annual value. And thank you again to their great work there. Four point nine five million. Hmm. So I wonder if you could do three, and that's at a four-year term. So at a three, do you have to overpay a little bit? I mean, I would do that three years. I would go as high as 5.5 on Victor at three years just to make sure you get done. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's insurance. He's a good player. I really like the steps that he took in his game when he was dealing with that wrist injury because he came more of a playmaker and a guy who wants to be here, Joe. Yes. Yeah. Victor very much wants to be here. So that that should give him a discount. That should give him a bonus. I'm sure the Sabres would be looking for a discount, but that should give him an extra like million dollar bonus on top of what he's looking for. He's like, listen, no, no, I like it here. I would like to stay here. You know, that should be like, oh, that's an extra million a year. Congrats. You know, so suddenly he's suddenly it's a three year, $18 million contract. And you're like, ah, well, that's that'll definitely get it done. Bryson is also a restricted free agent. I suspect they're going to do uh, at least two years on that. Evolving Hockey says $1.58 million for Jacob Bryson. Yeah, I, I I chatted a little bit with those guys, and I, I was just like, I don't know, I think that number is a little high. I just, you know, just based that he's coming off of a league minimum deal. Yeah, like it's basically it's basically doubling his doubling the salary, and I was like, I don't know if one five. I mean, obviously, if the Sabers come at him with one five a year, he's gonna be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't see that one landing there. Maybe one, maybe one point two. But I, I don't know about one five. Even one point two might get people getting pissy. I wonder if one five is just based on the, the minutes played and just the usage. Yeah. But a lot of games, a lot of ice time. It's one that'll get done. Art two or it's a line is a really fascinating conversation. I assume mm-hmm. that he wants the one way. Do they do it? And then risk losing him on waivers. I can't. I really can't wait to see what that number ends up at as well. I'm sure that the number is not the issue. It's probably that one way piece. I would think. Yeah, I, I. I I'm just I'm looking to see because uh, he I don't I don't think there's any way he's still waiver eligible next year. Eh, he's 24. I don't know uh, waivers. Uh, blah. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know if he's going to be waiver eligible or not. But like you know, obviously two way deal. The Sabers don't want to pay him a ton of money in Rochester. But 
But whatever, who cares? Give him a one-way contract. Let him get paid like a king if he has to go back to Rochester. So what? Man, they're going to sell a lot of tickets down in Rochester next year. Their season ticket base yeah. had to have grown based on that those playoffs alone. So, hey, mm-hmm. pay a little bit more. Make sure you get R2 back. You need the insurance. Plus, you know, he earned it. Plus, Good he wants to be here. <laughs> like, that's the – like, again, that should guarantee the one-way deals. Like, look, hey – he wants to be in Buffalo, guys. Like, come on. And you need, like, well, play- he might not make it here. Well, who cares? He wants to be there. You need that players like that because they're Rosine and Kizakov, they're not touching those two. They're going to be in the, mm-hmm. the American League. And I would think the same would go for Lucas Rusek. So their call up candidates could be R2, Brett Murray at this point. I think Brett, mm-hmm. you know, Brett's an RFA. He'll be back, I would assume. Yeah. And then. You're looking at Brandon Byro, Sean Malone, and they're going to add others to that mix. Mm-hmm. which is going to be fascinating to see. Now, Joe, the, the UFA list is long for this team, but most of them aren't coming back. Yeah, I, not coming back. Probably Cody Eakin, probably John Hayden. Although I maybe Hayden come back. I think Hayden comes back because of the role he plays. You need somebody as a, you know, that 13th forward who mm-hmm. – and he's, he's got the foot speed to play in Don Granato's system. Unless mm-hmm. Brett Murray has a great camp – and shows that he could be that guy. I just that I think that Hayden right now is probably necessary insurance in the event that Murray's yeah. not ready. Because Murray ideally would be that guy in that role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree there. Uh, Vinny Hinostroza, who <laughs> became a lightning rod for people to be like, you got to have him. He's a glue guy. He, he, you got to keep that guy. Like, and listen, he's a Don guy. Like, Don knows him well. So he knows Hayden well, too. But, um, I don't know that there's a role for them, given what they want to do with the lineup. I just don't. I just don't see it. I think they in in roster spots the big one here, right? I think they have to do something with Anders Bjork, whose salary yeah. goes up to one point eight million dollars next season. Now, if if that number was much lower, you could always send Bjork to Rochester, where they're not paying somebody eight one point eight million dollars to go play in Rochester. Right. So I wonder if Kevin Adams is making calls to see if anybody wants Anders Bjork at this point. Maybe he doesn't Anders have. Bjork. He doesn't have a role on this team. But, like, Joe, I, I know we've spoken about this previously. I don't want to gamble on Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka both being ready. You know, I think at least one of them is going to have a good enough camp to be on this team day one. But mm-hmm. what if one doesn't and you don't have Henestrosa around? Then you end up having somebody like a John Hayden in the lineup on opening night when, you know, you could have gone and gotten Vinny Henestrosa for $2 million a year. That's what the number is going to probably end up yeah. coming at. Yeah, I just I, I wonder if Bjork's the guy you send to San Jose for a Reimer or a Hill. And throw in, in even a, maybe you have to move that draft pick instead of it being, you know, a fifth rounder, it goes to a fourth. So they will mm-hmm. so they take Anders Bjork. You know, he's a younger forward. I still think there's upside to his game. It's just that there's not a role for him on this team, clearly. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. I yeah. I just yeah. I mean, I mean that's tough. I mean, Bjork showed up was hot here and then you know last season was i i have to assume pretty disappointing for him yeah it stinks um, right i mean it's tough i mean he's a good dude we like him but you know sometimes it just don't work yeah um yeah i i just wonder you know i don't have any concrete reporting to to support that bjork is the guy but they do need to open a spot for anastroza like mm-hmm. you know if they're gonna bring him back i it's clearly not a financial issue i think they would happily go go with that two million number based on their that's right around what his his performance would dictate. It's just, you know, where does he play? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing with the with the forward the forward group and Adam saying that he wants to add a couple of forwards. Where it's like, 
all right, man, I'm like, where are you putting him? They like, love we, him the, the only spot that we know is center on the fourth line, honestly. Like, that's the yeah. only spot where we're just kind of like, yeah, that's where you kind of need somebody. But even then, you can have Zemgus play it and whatever. I wrote I wrote a piece today, like one of those GM for a day things, where I basically mm-hmm. plotted out who I would get. And I, I picked a fourth line center that I would sign, and I'm not going to spoil it because it's too juicy. But okay. you could, they could also, like you just said, Zemgus could easily play center and they've got Sean Malone to come up if there's an injury or a need. And so, and I know how highly they think of any Hinnestroza in terms of him being like a leader and the way that he's raised their competitive level in practice. So I think there's, when the coach is in your corner, as much as Don Granado is with any Hinnestroza, mm-hmm. I think it gets John. It's just a matter of how do they make it work. I, uh, there's a name that came up recently because they again it's chicago because they said they're not going to keep him around it's dylan strom i wonder if that's i wonder if that's aiming too high for adding somebody to this group i think he's somebody that would require like it's just the role that he plays right i think that he's going to go to a good team you know or maybe a team that's even in, in the same spot as the sabers but more of that top nine and we know that the sabers when they have thompson cousins middlestad krebs there's just not a spot for somebody like that at this yeah. point. I am curious though, like once they do evaluate, like Middlestad's a very interesting one because they need to evaluate him. They need to know what they have in this guy. The injury ruined it this year for him, you know, and the organization in terms of seeing where he is because he had such a great camp. He's going to get a good run this year, I would think, to see, okay, is he somebody that could be part of this, whether it be on the wing or at center? Mm-hmm. And that, that gets a little tricky because if he ain't it, Everybody else in the league is going to notice he ain't it. Yeah. And then your trade, your trade, your ability to move him for a price that you might want to get is gone. Yeah. And unless you're going to te- like, you know, guys who you know think highly of, of him, which obviously Jason Barrow would be at the top of that list in the Seattle Kraken. So, yeah. I, I wonder if, I do wonder if Ron Francis would feel the same way, though. That's also a very good point. But <laughs> no, it mean, just, it Jason, just Jason to- could come in and say, like, hey, you got to get this guy. We can make him work. And Francis is kind of like, I think he stinks. Then it's, all right. Well, just keep it in mind, boss. Just saying, you know, if you want to do that. You know, aside from the goalie issue, like when you're looking at the type of players they're going to bring in, it's going to be depth signings. You know, maybe they bring in a four, if they bring in a fourth line center, then Zemgus stays in the wing, but they might not. Right. You say Zemgus right. could play center. We know that he's shown the ability to do it. And do they bring in a defenseman? That That's another yeah. one. You know, Kevin Adams said that he wants to, but now Lawrence Pilot got out of his contract in Russia. He is free mm-hmm. to go. His rights are still retained by the Sabres. And I sources tell me they are they are very interested. Pilot wants to come back and he's willing to do it on a two-way contract. Now, the two-way contract piece, I was told before he got out of that Russian contract, because that was the big sticking point. He was he's been trying to get out of that deal for about two months now. Now that it's mm-hmm. done, does he change course and say, you know what? I want a one-way contract. So it's <laughs> going to be interesting to see. I do expect him to be back though on a two-way. And he becomes the top guy in Rochester, that first call up, most likely. Is he gonna is he gonna arm wrestle Dylan Cousins for his number back? Is no question. way. <laughs> I think he's losing that arm wrestling contest personally. <laughs> no offense, Larry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Lawrence. We I don't know. Lawrence is a workout fiend, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to test Cousins. That's not a fight I'm looking for. Dylan Cousins like lifts logs like outside in the Yukon, <laughs> man. Nobody's beating nobody's beating that guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they got to go for a de- defenseman because they're not keeping Will Butcher. They're not. They're not re-signing Will Butcher. They're not. They're definitely not re-signing Colin Miller because I'm pretty sure Colin Miller ran screaming out of town as soon as the season was over. Uh, Mark Pezik. I mean, Pezik maybe come back, but you know. 
I, I think they need somebody with a different skill set than Mark Pissick. I think good for Mark Pissick. He proved to every team that he can he can play the position mm-hmm. and, and play it well, and he provides a lot off the ice. But I think they need somebody who c- can come in and really kill penalties and be sort of a, a defensive-minded guy to complement everything else that they have in that group. Yeah. yeah Harder I mean, to yeah. play against, I guess I should say. Right. Yeah, somebody's got a little bit more sand to the game a little bit more gravel in their skin a little bit more broken glass in their fists i don't know i don't know what else <laughs> to say about guys like that that could be a super cliche yeah I anybody in particular that you would uh, you would target with for that spot i i have a couple in mind hmm. um i don't know because does, does handedness matter um i don't think it does as much because jacob bryson showed that he can play both Okay. Um, if we're going to get wacky with it, like if you want to get somebody who's like a classic, uh, like sort of not classic, but like just somebody who can play defense, <laughs> just period. Um, maybe I'm asking Anton Strawman. Like, hey, man. I mean, he's proven he can be a very solid defender. He's, I mean, he's on the back end of the career. He's 35. Um, but maybe I'm calling Strawman and saying like, hey, man. What do you, you know, what do you think? You know, because uh, I, I think other guys that you might picture for that, you know, like a like a Jan Ruda or uh, Ilya, Ilya Lubushkin from Toronto. I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. I think you got um, it right. And he's one of the guys that I I've, is on my list. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. I tripped and fell literally into the name and, and found a guy. <laughs> so that, that's good. Lubushkin. Um like those are guys that I, I think would be of interest. I mean, obviously, if you want to fantasy hockey it up, you say sign Josh Manson, give him whatever he wants and call it a day. But uh, that's not going to happen. One guy who would be interesting to me would be Calvin DeHaan. But again, the injuries, I I can't like he's really solid. He's really good. He can, really can't stay in the lineup. Uh, my unrealistic ad would be Ethan Bear. Yeah, because I restricted free agent. I wonder where he's where he stands in Carolina now. They lost out on D'Angelo, which honestly mm-hmm. I think that's addition by subtraction in some ways. Right. But evolving hockey has him two years, two point four eight million dollars. That is a very reasonable deal for that skill set. That his age, the way he plays the game, mm-hmm. kills penalties, block shots, the kind of player they need. But yeah, if if they don't do a deal for Ethan Bear, which I you know, I, I, I just have too many questions about the actual uh, how realistic that is. Then Labushkin would be the guy that I would get. It wouldn't help. It wouldn't hurt for this organization to get a Russian in, on the NHL roster, considering how many right. prospects they have. Mm-hmm. He's really good at defending the slot when it comes to, def- you know, on the rush. Played well in Toronto after they got him. I, I wonder if that's going to end up taking him out of the price range in which they're willing to pay. But you know, it still should be under a million bucks and he's right-handed shot. I, I just think that it's a different skill set than the rest of the guys. And that's pretty important in terms of the type of player they're targeting here. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's one for you. But about uh, Jordy Ben? Oh, I like it. Yeah. If he's willing. Yeah. You know. I, he's got the roughneck style. Like he'll, he'll grow out a massive beard. He'll be a favorite of the fans immediately. Um, but that, that like for a depth, kind of part or even occasional number six defenseman. I don't hate that idea. I mean, he's no. left, he's left-handed, but he can play either side. I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't think it matters for him. He's 34. No, no. I, 
I think they're going to go cheaper with it because of the fact that they do have Fitzgerald and Bryson that are going to be getting games. They're going to be getting opportunities. So whoever this mm-hmm. is, is almost going to be a six slash seven. So how does yeah. that impact their ability to, to bring in a free agent? Cause a lot of guys are going to say, well, where am I going to play? You have all these young guys. Like, well, what's the deal there? Yeah. How about uh, if you're looking for somebody to be like a rougher version of Mark Pezik, what about Brendan Smith? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like that. He's a guy that I liked as well. I just wondered because Carolina, they're, they're going to need defensemen or they end up, end up mm-hmm. keeping him. You know, he's yeah, he he's the type of player that would certainly be a nice ad for the Sabres and bring something they don't have in terms of skill set. Yeah, that's I, I'm just like rolling through the list and just looking for guys that have right defense anywhere as a as a qualifier. Sure, another another one who doesn't necessarily have that ruggedness to his game, but would fit in some ways is Troy Stetcher, who was Owen Powers yeah. defense partner at the World Championships. Mm-hmm. Good when healthy, just hasn't really been able to stay healthy, but he's certainly somebody who fits in that that six slash seven mold as opposed to, a, you know, Ethan Bear, who's know got top four upside and cost a lot more Mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's an that's an interesting one too i just um hmm yeah i don't know that that, that, to me there's i mean there's so many options there's so many guys you can pick out there and it's that's what i mean like wednesday's gonna be really interesting because i got a feeling the sabers are gonna get their guys and they're gonna get the hell out of town like, yep. like everybody everybody's eager to get to vacation that's why i think like noon the league office is going to have like every signing waiting for them in the fax machine at 1201 waiting to get done because everybody's like we got to get the hell out of town guys like, let's be done it'll be very fast they're going to get their guys they're you know i mean we might have some depth signings that jason Carmelis takes care of in the days that follow to get get rochester where it needs to be but i would think they would bring some of those guys back and Mm-hmm. it's going to be fascinating. Like I was even looking at depth options. I just, I think it's always important for us to just completely kill the hopes and dreams of people who want Patrick Kane or want them to go out and spend a lot of money. Cause it's just not going to happen. Like it's not right. I, you know, it's, it's, that's not where they're at in future off seasons. If the cap space is still available and they think they're that one guy away, then Kevin Adams will go do it. Like, you know, he'll go do it. But right now, Patience is is the key word that he c- continues to repeat for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, if you're expecting big spender Kevin Adams, uh, keep waiting. That's yes. that's all we can tell you is keep keep waiting, keep the hope alive that maybe maybe at some point that's going to happen. Uh, Lance, we we ran a little long here, but I think it's okay because we had a lot of stuff to talk about, um, and we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about next week, which. Uh, we will do something next week. I'm I'm going to be technically on IR, uh, but I'm going to play through it. So that's <laughs> well. Not only will we have all of free agency and roster moves to talk about next week, Joe, we're going to development camp, which is always an interesting little layer yeah. to it. You know, we got Eric Portillo and Ryan Johnson are going to be in town. Kevin Adams and Ryan Johnson are going to they're going to have a conversation after development camp, and that's when I that's when a decision will be made. What's Ryan Johnson going to do? Because if he's not signing with Buffalo, that could be a nice little trade chip for for Kevin Adams. This will be Ryan Johnson's last development camp in Buffalo, if that's the case. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, I think that's what it's going to come down to. And when it comes to Ryan Johnson, it's not because it's nothing against the Sabres or Buffalo or anything like that. The kid just looks Mm. at the defense depth chart and says, where are you, where am I, where are you going to put me? Yeah. I'm never going to play on the power play because you have Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. 
You want right. me to change? He, he's going to have to change his the makeup of his game. He's going to have to become more of a penalty killing guy. But when you look at the skill set of Ryan Johnson, it doesn't exactly add up. So there will certainly be suitors if he, if he decides to go elsewhere. And the same certainly goes for Eric Portillo if that's what he decides to do. I, I hope those guys are ready for actual media scrums with actual questions as opposed yes. to what's it like to be at development camp for the first time? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, won't be the first time for Ryan Johnson. Well, it won't be the first time for Portillo either. So, yeah, those questions don't apply. But first time in a while, I guess. Hot take uh, alarm. Man, <laughs> I I didn't think that was that hot of a take. Maybe it's just maybe they're just hitting me because I'm wrong. They're just like, no, idiot. They were there before. Okay, fair. So Saturday is the French Connection tournament, so that's when it wraps up. That's the three-on-three. I And, of course, we spoke about this last week. Owen Power, Peyton Krebs, Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka are all invited. I don't. We don't have a roster yet as we're speaking. I expect it to be released Monday or Tuesday. But I am, ser- I am wondering who's actually participating off the ice, including Matt Savoy, who's recovering from a shoulder injury. It's fully recovered, medically cleared, mm-hmm. but... He hasn't really started exhaustive skating yet. He's only been on the ice a couple of times. Boy, the hot take alarm says get him on the ice now. Yeah, I that's, agree. That, that's, <laughs> get out there. The kid. fans demand it. Come on. I we'll mean, see if yeah. we see him on the ice. I don't know yet. Maybe maybe some light skating. Maybe that's about it. Don't have him do the, the you know, the Herbies. Don't let him do that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a break. Yeah, that's that's going to be really interesting. I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays. I'm just uh, being a media wonk. I'm just more interested in what Johnson and Portillo do and say during this, during this week. Cause yeah, this could be the last time we see them. Yeah. I mean, my prediction, both of them, my prediction is they both, they both sign elsewhere eventually, you know, whether it be, yeah. they get their rights, get traded or not. This, yeah. yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I'm guessing at this point. Johnson, yeah. Johnson seems much more probable to sign with the Sabres than, than Eric Portillo at this point. And I, I don't think that those odds are very great either. Yeah, I the, I think the thing to watch would be see to see if Johnson plays the right side of defense at all. Not that they're going to go do hard lines or anything like that, but you know, if they put him at the right side, maybe you're like, okay, maybe maybe they're maybe they're keeping an eye on this. I don't know, but and if yeah, they do I, if if they do sign Pilot, maybe Pilot ends up being the number seven in Buff, you know, the number seven in Buffalo and Ryan. Yeah. And to, to do, you know, if they do that, then it's Ryan Johnson showdown in Rochester. He's running their power play, and that that mm-hmm. might be one carrot that they can dangle to say, hey, dude, like, well, we're going to give you opportunity down there, and you're going to be the our defenseman. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the Rochester guys run the camp, so having having Seth and Mike Weber and and Mike Pekka there to to kind of get in there. To, to be able to do any sort of coaxing to, to let them know like, Hey, this is, this is how things go here. This is how we're going to do things. You know, maybe that helps. Maybe that helps make a decision. Hopefully it makes it, hopefully it helps make a decision in the positive way for the Sabres, not necessarily <laughs> to be like, man, get me out of here. Especially Can't wait Port- to go, especially Portillo. Him not signing was just such a, it, it just really shook up their entire goalie plan in, in, in the short term. I mean, cause I mean, I think Levi just based on the fact that he missed his freshman year, he was going they probably expected him to go back for another season of college hockey, but Portillo mm-hmm. being where he was, nah, that that had to have been a real tough pill to swallow when he told them no after the Frozen Four. Yeah, I just I, I wonder if it's kind of the same position for him, just because you know he backed up Strauss Man his freshman year. He didn't really play a lot of games. Yeah, no. So I I mean I wonder if that's that's maybe part of it, but it just everything seems a little bit more negative. Everything okay. I've heard in converse, you know, speaking to sources, it, it ain't looking good. I'll just say that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, you, you help guys, you know, give them a little bit of guidance. I mean, they haven't really been able to do that with Levi, but, uh, but certainly with Portillo, they, you know, Seamus Kotick's been tireless working with him. So yeah, for three years, that's, right. That's through, tough. Through Dubuque and yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow because it's a lot of time spent, but again, they didn't have any other goalies for him to work with. So yeah. You know, not really, you know, Seamus is kind of like, well, it's, I, you know, it's me and Uko again today. Who else? <laughs> uh, maybe I'll go to Michigan and see Eric. I don't know. This is all I got to work with. And then Devin shows up and they're like, ah, well, I, cool. I can go to Boston for a little bit now. I will say this. If, if it does come down to trading Eric Portillo's rights, like that's a pretty valuable trade ship to have. So, yeah, not maybe much of a silver you. lining, but there you go. Maybe that helps you get uh, a a bigger goalie. I don't know. Maybe that helps you get a better, you know, somebody who's, you know, some team who might be on the fence um, with what they want to do. And then they're just kind of like, well, well, we don't really want to give this guy up, but if you give us this guy, then we'll do it. Seattle's the interesting team there for me when it comes to Portillo. Yeah. Bots. Not just because of bots, but the fact they don't, they don't have a goalie prospect that's close to the NHL anywhere close. The kid they yeah. drafted is going to be three or four years. Right. So at least, yeah. Yeah, this yeah, this is gonna be a fun week. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun week. Wait. I'm I'm glad I'm gonna be really drugged out for it. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> it's gonna make it even even super, better. <laughs> super good. I can't wait. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, we should wrap things up here. Um, uh, blah, I can't talk anymore because we've been talking. Uh, Lance, uh, let the good people know where they can they can find your work on the internet and oh. elsewhere. Oh, thank you, Joe. On, of course, on Twitter, L-L-Y-S-O-W-S-K-I. I tweet all my stuff out, which you can also find in the Buffalo News, in print and online. And I, you know, by the time we're talking, my GM for a day article is, come, is going to be published, and you can throw tomatoes at me for my fourth line center suggestion. Joe? <laughs> Where can they find your work? <laughs> you can find it. You can find uh, you can find it at Noted Hockey at Substack. Uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at Joe Yerdon, J O E Y E R D O N. I I make no promises as to what I'm going to be able to do for the next few weeks because it's going to be it's going to be tricky. Me typing with one hand is not going to be fun. <laughs> if I'm going to write anything, if I'm writing anything, I'm going to be writing it on my phone probably, <laughs> which is less fun. That's, that's even worse. Maybe I just won't type anything. I don't know. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. But we, we know you have content demands folks and the content you're going to get from me is what it's like to go through serious shoulder surgery. So that's, <laughs> so that's where we're at on that one. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tie, we'll tie a bow on this one for now. Uh, thanks Lance. This was, this was good and extremely informative for everybody. Yeah. Hey, can't wait until next week when we do this again and we're going to have plenty to talk about in the weeks to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it. You, you thought things were going to be dry folks. It's not, it, it is not. Well, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks it will be, but it's not going to be right now. That's the important part. Anyhow, thanks everybody. We will we will catch you again next Monday, uh, provided I am not in a drug-addled haze. So thanks everybody. We'll we'll catch you then.